Today, those in the Christian tradition, especially those of the more liturgical variety, observe a day called Ash Wednesday. It is, to be sure, a curious tradition. People gather throughout the day for a ritual where ashes, usually obtained by burning palm branches from the previous year's Palm Sunday, are mixed with oil and placed on their forehead in the shape of a cross. With the words, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return, said to them. In short, people are reminded, both young and old alike, that you are going to die someday. Ash Wednesday starts a 40-day season known as Lent that leads up to Easter Sunday. The season is used for penitence, self-reflection, and growth. In recent years, as church professionals have observed a continued decline in regular church attendance and an ever-growing list of people who are spiritual but not religious, or even done with faith altogether, one intriguing reality has remained. The practice of Lent and the ritual of Ash Wednesday. On this day, non-practicing Christians and even non-believers at times often show up to receive ashes and to start a season of personal growth and renewal. It's a curious thing. And today we're going to dig a little deeper into Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent. And it begins right after this intro. For me, my earliest memories of Ash Wednesday are sitting in my home church, St. Luke Lutheran on the corner of King Avenue and Winston Street in Florence, South Carolina, with my Aunt Seabee. My parents, who often tried to make it, weren't always able to be there with the realities of work, house care, and the raising of three rather rambunctious boys, yours truly included. Seabee always made it, and for some odd reason, that is lost on me now, I was enamored with the practice of Ash Wednesday as well. When I was little, she would pick me up uh, to go get my ashes on my forehead, and later, once I could drive, I would join her in the pew. My childhood pastor, Wayne Howell, used to administer First Communion on Ash Wednesday. To be honest, I'm not entirely sure why. No shade to be thrown at him at all. Perhaps it was that he would say the practice of receiving Holy Communion was a discipline and that it paired well with Lent. I don't really know. Nevertheless, that's when it was, and so I too received my first Holy Communion on Ash Wednesday when I was in, first, when I was in fifth grade, and I'm not going to even think about how long ago that was. Each year, we would gather and sing the hymns, recite Psalm 51, hear a sermon calling us to the disciplines of Lent and receive both our ashes and Holy Communion. Generally, C.B. and I would discuss what we were giving up for Lent following the service. 
That was the practice. You gave something up for Lent. She would always give up chocolate. Others would give up soda or some other small vice. I don't really recall what I'd give up, but it was generally something small, something considered a little vice, and uh, something that made me sound uh, religious and committed. But in reality, I never succeeded at keeping it up for 40 days. I wonder, if you grew up going to Ash Wednesday and observing Lent, what did you give up? The practice of using ashes has deep biblical significance. Throughout the story of scripture, ashes are often used to signify grief and repentance. Prophets like Jeremiah and Daniel implored their listeners to return to God in repentance through the outward sign of ashes. Job sat in ashes in grief throughout the story of his own trials and tribulations. And perhaps most famously, the people of Nineveh put on sackcloth and ashes as a sign of repentance following Jonah's half-hearted prophetic proclamations. Beyond that, there's even greater biblical significance for the utilization of ashes, especially with the words, Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. In the account of creation that comes from Genesis 2, we hear a story of God kneeling down in the dust of the earth and working like a potter to form an Adamah, literally an earth or dirt person. There God breathes the life, Ruach, into the person's lungs, and a nephesh is created, literally an embodied person. Science and experience tell us that literally everything ourselves included, given enough time will return to the dust of the earth. As an aside, I often hear some parts of Christianity get worried about the practice of cremation, that somehow it is unchristian and may well separate one from God and eternal life. Nothing could possibly be more ridiculous. First, nothing will separate you from God. And more than that, all cremation really does is speed up the process that will happen naturally. It doesn't matter if you're buried or cremated, we all end up back where we started, in the dust of the earth, just as we are reminded on Ash Wednesday. Early Christian theologians Tertullian and Eusebius make reference to the practice of receiving ashes for repentance as early as the second century. John W. Fenton writes that by the 10th century, the practice of receiving ashes on the Wednesday of the start of Lent was widespread. What I'm enamored with now about Ash Wednesday is this. It's an opportunity for a fresh start. No matter if your language is that of a sinner in need of returning to God, or simply as a person not reaching their full potential, this is a day for a fresh start. No matter what language we apply to it, we can all relate to a desire to consider the present trajectory of our lives. I'd imagine few, if any of us, would say that we are doing exactly what we wish we would do. Most of us would express some desire to grow from where we are into a better person. The Apostle Paul wondered why it is that which he did was not what he wanted to do 
while that which he knew he should do eluded him. Certainly those words resonate with us no matter if we identify as a practicing Christian or even as an atheist. Perhaps that's the reason that Ash Wednesday and the ensuing practice of the Lenten discipline is so enticing to such a wide range of people. One thing I love about practicing a liturgical branch of Christianity is the embodied nature of our faith. As we discussed earlier, we are an embodied person, made of the dust of the earth with the breath of God filling our lungs. As such, we need an embodied religious practice, at least in my experience. That's why we have sacraments, literally physical signs of God's grace. We can see water poured in baptism, we can hear it splash, we can feel its coolness wash over us. Likewise, in communion, we can see the redness of the wine and the toasty brown bread. We can taste and see that God is good. See, yet more embodiedness. We can hear and feel it. All is an embodied faith practice. So too with Ash Wednesday and the sacramental nature of the ashes. We can feel the smoothness of the oil and the coarseness of the ashes. They linger on our forehead. Even after I've washed them off, I get the sensation that my forehead has been cleansed. It's a physical reminder of the very present reality that I need to be reflective, disciplined, to embrace the present reality that now is the time to grow in God and to ever full, more fully optimize the grace of life that has been given to me. Even the scripture passages for the day witness to this. The prophet Joel, like those before and after him, call God's people to action here, now, in the present moment. He proclaims, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. Now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And again from the Apostle Paul, he writes, See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way. I love the immediacy of these texts. So often we who know we have improvement to make can also say to ourselves, I'll do that tomorrow or another day. It's called procrastination, and I can be great at it. Do you do that? I'll bet in some way or another you've done that, especially when it comes to you and your own well-being. We can all put off the hard work we are called to do. Yet Ash Wednesday, with its physically smeared on cross, its blunt words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Remember. You're going to die one day, so now is the time. 
Ash Wednesday is that wake-up call each of us needs each year to take more seriously the personal work we have before us. For each of us, it will be different. We all have something to work on. None of us are living as fully or completely as we can. I invite you this day to reflect, to consider what in your own life needs attention. The practice used to be giving something up for Lent, a small vice like chocolate or soda. I'd like you to consider that perhaps you're called to give up something, to literally make physical space in your life for a new practice. Literally take out something that needs to go, but in its place, put in something that is needed. Perhaps just for 40 days. But then again, what if the change was more lasting? Who might you be 40 days from now with something unhealthy gone and something life-giving in its place? Who might you be six months from now, a year from now, and beyond? So consider this day what in you needs attention. Now if you would, join me in these words with which we begin the season of Lent. Friends in Christ, today with the whole church we enter the time of remembering Jesus' Passover from death to life, and our life in Christ is renewed. We begin this holy season by acknowledging our need for repentance and for God's mercy. We are created to experience joy in communion with God, to love one another, and to live in harmony with creation. But our sinful rebellion separates us from God, our neighbors, and creation, so that we do not enjoy the life our Creator intended. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to a discipline that contends against evil and resists whatever leads us away from love of God and neighbor. I invite you, therefore, to the discipline of Lent, self-examination and repentance, prayer and fasting, sacrificial giving and works of love, strengthened by the gifts of word and sacrament, let us continue our journey through these 40 days to the great three days of Jesus' death and resurrection. Thank you, friends, for spending this time with me today. I pray you have a blessed Ash Wednesday in Lent. Know that now is the time to consider well your own life. What needs to change? What needs to die? What needs to grow so that you will have the abundant life God wants for you? If you would, as we part, mark a cross on your own forehead as you hear these words to begin your journey. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return.